Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Hello, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to mention to you what a labor of love this podcast is and invite you, if you receive benefit from listening, to subscribe and make a monthly financial contribution. There's an option here in the Anchor app. So if you're listening to this on some other platform uh, and this is sounding appealing to you that you'd like to subscribe and support this podcast, visit it at on the Anchor app or at anchor.com and look for the Womb Centered Healing podcast there and there you'll be able to subscribe there are very uh, various contributions monthly contributions that you can make and I really appreciate you supporting this podcast to be able to continue offering you this womb-centered healing wisdom and another way that you can subscribe is by becoming a member of the womb-centered healing temple This is my own membership site created by myself, Sama Morningstar, and you can find out more about those membership options at wombcenteredhealing.com and look for the member sign-up page. All right, I look forward to seeing you in one of these membership options, and here we go. Uh, Welcome to the next episode of the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm delighted to have Johnita D'Souza here with me again. Thank you so much for joining me, Johnita. My goodness, how many podcasts have we done together? I don't know. We'd have to look back through. Um, today, Johnita is going to share about her work with the dark feminine. I can't wait to hear what you're going to say, and I can't wait to hear how that work might weave in together with some of my work and reflections on healing womb trauma. So we don't know where it's going to go. So we're in for quite a rich, uh, juicy conversation, I'm sure, as usual. Um, So to start out, Johnita, I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit for listeners who haven't listened to 
uh, one of our podcasts or interviews before. And then share with us um, about your work with the Dark Feminine. I know you have a retreat coming up, but it's sold out. Um, but, uh, but you can at least share us, with us about your work so that we might be intrigued to, to pre-book for a future retreat as you do these regularly. So. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Yes, and you got me counting. Wow, <laughs> what number is this podcast? Probably the third one together. Uh-huh. Maybe and so. It's, yeah, maybe so. It's always a pleasure to talk to you because um, we share so many things in common with our work, as mm-hmm. well as we have our own unique aspect and perspective to the womb work, which keeps drawing me back to your work and vice versa, probably. So I'm delighted mm-hmm. to be here. Lovely to be here and for um, for everyone watching, listening. Um, my name is Janita D'Souza. I call myself a feminine lifestylist. And um, very similar to um, Sama, I, I, I assist women to reconnect with their feminine wisdom in their bodies so that they can experience deeper sense of connection to their existence on a day-to-day basis. And um, dark feminine has been really interesting topic in my uh, life recently. Um, I would say consciously over the last two to three years, which finally led me to offer what I'm offering. Um, It's interesting how our life is our work and our work is our life. Like it just Mm -hmm. weaves through. But um, I like that more and more platforms are um, becoming available to talk about the dark feminine because when I started talking about it a couple of years ago I, um, I had like a mixed reaction and uh, a lot of sense of confusion among people the way they were receiving this information first of all when you say dark feminine it feels like the work of the evil you know <laughs> like um, so I, I could feel that there were like three different category of women uh, or they fitted in three different uh, boxes for me I, I could say in and the first one was mostly that women thought that it is the work of the evil and you know the most of the personal development uh, industry is about positive work and you know be positive and talk about the light consciousness so so some some women took it as um that work of the evil which was like very shocking for me and um uh that was really shocking to me because i did not see dark as evil but a lot of the society a major part of the society um kind of has this connotation around the dark that the dark is bad and then there was another category of women who actually found this topic too scary to dive in because it may open like another box of worms you know which they were not ready to face and then also i also encountered women who were really interested in this topic the dark feminine and um and probably those were the women i was attracting with my work so um there were a lot of resistance confusion but um what i feel like is that the everyday um especially who we are um empaths and we feel um deeply feel more sensitive to energies and people around we are experiencing a whole range of dark feminine energies these days given all the crazy cosmic 
events that have been taking place, everyday societal stress, um, our daily habits, relationships. So I think the dark feminine plays a really important role and that has not been portrayed very well or as much as uh, right now because um, we cannot head towards the light without talking about the dark. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. Awesome. So what, uh, what was your first experience of realizing that this was an aspect of your work with femininity and feminine lifestyle for yourself personally that you needed to um, develop and dive into more? How, how did you wake up to that, if you will, or recognize that and start to explore that? It's interesting because um, like so many of us, my journey also began, uh, my journey of exploring femininity also began from um, that dark night of the soul moment, as they say, that, you know, and, and this phrase is very well known and people use it uh, time after time. And I never gave um, much importance about like, what is this dark night of the soul? You know, it's usually referred to as some kind of stage of depression, but what about the dark, you know, like what, what is so um, interesting or intriguing about the dark that, you know, it, it, you know we, we encounter dark nights of the soul. And um, it was two years ago when, um, during the time of Easter, which um, for me was um, the moment where it hit me, I was at the time um, studying the Magdalene's path and I was um, going into the teachings of Yeshua and Magdalene and, and um, a deep sense of remembrance is felt in my body all over and I felt like, like um, the dark felt so good. Like the dark really felt like, oh, I have nothing to lose. And I started building this affinity towards the dark, like as if this dark was this place of love and completion and unconditional acceptance like the loving darkness of the mother's womb and um i could not understand this feeling that i was getting as i was learning more about the magdalene's lineage which was very contradictory to to what i have been told about the dark like how can dark feel so good and and am i becoming some kind of like um I don't know, am I getting lost in what I'm discovering or understanding or relating to? So, so um, I spent, uh, I spent, that was a Saturday and I realized that it was a Saturday after the Good Friday and the Sunday before Easter. And I had this feeling and I realized like, hold on, looks like I am in this dark period because yesterday was the death, you know, the Good Friday, the death, and then tomorrow is the resurrection, the, the birth and the light, but there is the space in between, which is the darkness that no one talks about, and this darkness just felt so good. It was a very surreal experience. I, I felt really happy, and with all my sadnesses <laughs> that I was going through, and I just could not understand this phenomena, and that was the first time I started um, inquiring about what does this dark mean? And then I came across all the ancient teachings about the dark 
darkness, the dark, dark therapy, the dark goddesses and the Lilith and the Inanna and the underworld and all of the entire new information just was waiting for me only when I was ready to see darkness from a different perspective. So it was, I think to be short, it was this moment of experiencing pure joy and acceptance in the saddest of my <laughs> moments in life, which led me to this inquiry. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me, what you're sharing, it makes me remember that at a certain point in my, in my life, in my romantic life early on, I realized that I felt the, actually the very same types of feelings when I was falling in love as when I was going through a breakup. It was the same intensity. It was the same body sensations. Mm -hmm. It was the same energy that that, and I was like, oh, this feels so much the same. There's... (laughs) it's just the same right and so and and it's it's the similar to the similarity between what goes on at birth and what goes mm-hmm. on at death right we're passing through a portal and um and then and it's also similar what you're describing is similar to many women finding the joy and pleasure in menstruation because mm. menstruation is the dark phase of our cycle and finding the power of the dark moon mm. that that moment of darkness that day or two of, of darkness before the moon starts to grow and the joys and pleasures of the dark time of the year the winter time yeah. of the year you know, um, and allowing that cyclical nature of femininity and having joy and pleasure, discovering the joys and pleasures in those dark phases. Um, Yeah, there is no other way for us women being the cyclical beings. We, We cannot always be happy. We cannot always be positive and we cannot always, you know, be on our highs and that's, that's it. It's, that's not how we are wired as women. And the more we learn, as you said, to embrace our, this, these cycles of the moon, our, the seasons, our menstruation, and make that relationship with this darkness and recognize our dark feminine, that's when we will not be able to go into the distorted version of the dark feminine and um, this is what mostly uh, we do in our retreat as well it's it's not about um, you know knowing your dark feminine and then and then you know facing it or you know how to fight it but it's about making this ever-present relationship with the dark feminine aspect of yourself because it's going to exist as long as you exist as a woman so so you better make friends or she will control you. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I'm curious about that because, you know, we're talking about this pleasure that we can feel in the, that we can learn to feel in the dark phases of our cycles, in the dark seasons, in the dark of night, 
in the darkness of the center of our womb. And, and now you're talking about dark aspects of our personality, perhaps dark archetypes or dark behavior patterns that it sounds like you're more referring to um, things that are really difficult or perhaps damaging to ourselves or others and calling that the dark side of the feminine and the dark side of our personality. Am I Am I reading too much into what you were saying, or is that uh, what you're talking about? Yeah, you, you're actually going in the right direction. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I feel that um, what I have noticed is that the dark feminine, she, she plays out in our everyday life, and it is very apparent if we look around. And I feel like there are, there are three main stages to, to how she plays out in our life. And the first stage is like the dormant stage of this dark feminine in our lives where she is repressed, where we repress her. And when we do this, um, we are acting a lot of times from our um, shadow side. And, um, and then at where we go into, you know, um, behaviors like manipulation, um, and then um, some kind of addictions, emotional eating and things like that. Um, and then we sometimes when we recognize that from that dormant stage of our dark feminine, we move on, on to some kind of distorted stage. Like we become the rebels. We, we become, um, we, we take revenge or we, we still act out of our dark feminine, but like a rebel, you know, and then it is good to recognize these phases of our life and how she plays out because only when we recognize this um, this dormant stage and this distorted stage is when we can reach that stage of reclaiming her so that we understand that these you know we we usually see her as our shadow side the repressed side within ourselves but what we do not reach to the point is usually the archetype of the golden shadow which is like the gold that is hidden within our darkness mm -hmm. and and usually this leads to our deep desires mm -hmm. and uh, we act from that repressed point of our deep desires so a lot of it depends on or a lot of it leads to recognition of our deep desires so it's really important to see where she's playing in our lives and how and then connecting back to the root of our deep desires that make sense yeah and and here i am finding the thread of how all of this work with the dark feminine is connected with our womb trauma so yeah. it's connected and what i'm seeing from what you're sharing and from my exploration exploration is that it's it's connected to how why and how we developed that pattern of repression to begin with and that mm. that repression originates from the trauma of our parents our mothers not having permission to feel forbidden or dark feelings from mm. the beginning uh, from the moment we're conceived and possibly farther back through our ancestry, it has been forbidden and unallowed for uh, women to express fully and feel their deepest desires, their core identity as a feminine being, 
and their power as a woman. Uh, you know, our mothers were were living lives that that where all of that was repressed by society, and that is traumatizing for a developing young woman or man or anyone of any gender to be experiencing yeah. our mothers not being supported in their feminine power fully for example, during conception, during pregnancy, during birth. So we have this deep core trauma of our mothers not being fully supported to give us that fully delicious, pleasurable darkness of the womb, right? Many of our womb yeah. experiences were filled with the stress and trauma of our mothers not being fully supported, being under, being, you know, uh, not having their needs met. And then our birth experiences, uh, you know, in modern times, birth has been atrociously underserved and undersupported and um, even abused. Women in childbirth are, are being abused all the time by the medical birthing system that has certain ways it's supposed to be that are not really supportive to the natural birthing process, the healthy birthing process of mothers and babies. And so, and families and how we, you know, are designed to, to be. And so those initial traumas and then throughout childhood, you know, young girls, since we are talking about the feminine, but this could apply to, to young men or of anyone of any gender who wants to own their own femininity um we're all you know taught that it's that 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 certain emotions are bad and that we don't have space or permission to feel them and that they don't have any wisdom in them we're taught that the, that 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 uh, it makes us weak and stupid yeah and unable to make healthy decisions if we are emotional and that that is traumatizing especially and and especially for young children when we have emotion strong emotions and then they're invalidated and they're and we don't have space we're not given space to go through the natural process and we're not taught how our emotions are telling us about our own inner wisdom and connecting us to our inner power and we're not taught any of that and that's traumatizing because it creates a rift in what's really true in yeah. ourselves and it create it separates us from our core power and so so that's how that suppression or repression of that darkness darkness meaning the forbidden emotions yeah exactly. sadness anger rage grief all of these forbidden emotions are um you know lumped in as darkness evil and to be avoided right <laughs> instead of a nourishing yeah. place where we really get to transform and grow which they are and so we're trained that and then we learn to do that repression and then all yeah. that repression when we start to say wait a second i don't want to repress it anymore it does it comes out twisted it comes out laced with um mm -hmm. with addictions. distortions uh, what's that a lot of uh, different types of addictions addictions to, because that's how we're taught to cover it up and repress it i, I feel like addictions are often part of the repression process yeah. right we mm -hmm. eat it, we yeah. stuff it or we drink it numb ourselves 
numb mm-hmm. ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. And so in our society, I feel like in our society, the, the, we are not given the time to, to discover this aspect. We are so busy. And the moment we feel a little bit of depression or a little bit of this kind of emotion coming up, like a little bit of sadness or grief or anger or something, we, we quickly tend to see, okay, what can we do to fix this now? Like the, the society has become like a, such a quick gratification uh, centered society culture that these things are not given importance. And if you look at ancients, they gave a lot of importance and a lot of other traditional indigenous cultures give a lot of importance to the darkness, even the dark moon. You know, there's, there's, these are the times that you have to give yourself the permission to, to experience the darkness. And I, when I studied about uh, different cultures and how they um, treat darkness, it was really interesting to see that, um, like how ascended masters like Yeshua, Buddha, and all they they also practice uh, enlightenment through their through embodying the dark, staying out in the dark for long hours, meditating under the tree on top of the mountain. They stayed there. <laughs> in the dark and 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 stayed there experienced it um in shamanic cultures when you do plant medicines like ayahuasca and sweat lodge and all of those things they, they happen in the dark buddhist monks practice death meditation in the dark every single day and many rites of passages for young adults are also in the uh, south american cultures are done in the night where they are buried uh, or in the earth vision quests are done in the dark so so many associations are there in different parts of the world with the dark, but our modern society has no place for it. Mm-hmm. And which is why it is important for us women to recognize this important aspect of our feminine and allow, create, make the space for it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And in fact, there's um, a certain tradition of yogis that actually spends time in the cemetery and lives mm. in the cemetery uh, mm. as a practice of being close to death and darkness. And, and, mm. and all these practices you're talking about, about being in the physical darkness for the meditation, for the practice, it's also about being in touch with those dark, forbidden emotions yeah. and that they're yeah. not forbidden because they're actually sought after in, mm. as a pathway to um, growth and to awareness and I wouldn't say enlightenment because <laughs> it's not really that it's more of expansion to, to include all that is just an union with the divine which is everything right and that includes half the time it's dark right and half the time things are difficult and painful it's not always pleasurable and when we shut out the things that are painful or difficult or uncomfortable and only want to be in the light, it stops life. I mean, just imagine if the sun shone all the time. Yeah. All shrivel up and all the plants would die and there would be no life left. We need it's too hot. <laughs> it'd be too hot. And we need that that um that cycle we need this is that cyclical nature 
is what generates life. It's like the engine of life going from light to dark, to light, to dark, to light, to dark. And so it's the same with our emotions and our behavior, you know, and, and it's such a difference between someone who is just coming out. I'm speaking from my own personal experience. So when, when I realized I was suppressing particularly anger Mm. it was it was forbidden right mm-hmm. and I st- and I started to look for the wisdom in my anger or annoyance or irritation what was I desiring underneath this when I would try to communicate that and it still does it come out twisted or like I'm still unable sometimes to have it come across as a wisdom and sometimes that's because I've, you know, some of my distortion comes out with it, but sometimes that's because people don't want to hear. It's still forbidden with the people that I'm trying to express Mm -hmm. myself to. It's Mm -hmm. forbidden for a woman to express her, her anger, anger or dissatisfaction or desires about something to be different than it is of saying, you know, I really would like to see this instead of what's happening because what's happening is upsetting and validating that the the wisdom in that anger we usually get angry because something's happening that's that's not working that's mm-hmm. that's injurious to ourselves and to those around us and we see something some way that it could be better if we allow ourselves to really be with that anger and see the way see the way yeah. that we could improve and let it let that anger the energy of that anger transform yeah. transform the situation and sometimes that's an uncomfortable conversation with somebody but having that direct conversation is very challenging you know the distortion comes when we we're too afraid to say directly to the person i'm angry and instead we you know tell it to somebody else and then they hear it <laughs> hand or yeah. you know, tell a whole, tell it in front of a whole group instead of to them directly. And, you know, and, and so, many times we, we then also feel guilty for even expressing mm-hmm. it. So yeah. we, we, uh, we build up resentment to our own behaviors then. And then the, the cycle just, I mean, that was my case. I would, you know, blast out and then I will feel bad that I reacted yeah. out of my regular behavior. Yeah. And, you know, so it is interesting that you brought about the anger because um, in, in, in our retreat in particular, we have one day that is dedicated. We work with the different uh, dark goddess archetypes and one day is wholly dedicated to the dark goddess Kali. Mm-hmm. And she's all about the sacred rage. And, and what I have noticed is that so many of us, so we go through some embodiment practices there, and so many of us women have real issues expressing their anger. And when I tell them that, okay, think about something that makes you angry, and people are confused. They, they, these women are confused. They're like, mm, I don't think anything makes me angry right now. I think, oh, I'm sorted now. I'm feeling good. I'm in the retreat. I'm like, no, no, no. Think about something that really pisses you off. And I'm trying to provoke them. And they act like, no, no, everything is fine for now. But then when we go into it, when I start talking about like, okay, look at the world around you. What about this, um, you know, gentle mutilation? What about the women, you know, uh, being abused, violence, art, and, you know, and, and the rage starts to build in and, and the rage comes out. And 
and sometimes they themselves are surprised that they've been holding on to so much anger but it's so important to bring it out because only through that you can tap into the bigger picture of your sacred purpose mm. on on this planet so this is so important aspect of our dark feminine it's such a powerful fuel for transformation you know i uh, and for me i I've studied a lot about how anger moves or gets stuck in the body. And mm -hmm. one thing that I've discovered uh, from Chinese medicine and my st herbal studies is that the liver is associated with anger. And yeah. what the liver does physically is it filters toxins out of the blood. So it feels to me like anger filters toxins out of our life. And then what the liver does is it takes those toxins and puts it and turns it into bile, which is a useful substance necessary to digest the fatty richness of our foods, right? It breaks it down. So it transforms what was toxic into something useful that helps us to fully digest and absorb the richness of life and that's the same thing that that anger does if we can if we are fully functioning but the suppression of anger ends up with liver stagnation mm. right so if we suppress our our emotions it actually stops our livers from functioning properly and that's also directly connected to our breasts. The livers are liver is directly connected to our breasts and and our menstrual cycle. And our menstrual cycle, our blood in our menstrual cycle gets stagnant. And a lot most uh, I work a lot with healthy helping women to have healthy menstrual cycles. And stagnation of the blood is the mm -hmm. biggest you know number of people have stagnation. You know that shows up with menstrual cramps you know, slow getting started, old residue of blood in there because it's not flowing. And then breast soreness, breast um, yeah. lumps. Look at the number of breast cancer cases that yeah. has come up. It, it did not exist 20 years ago. It's, mm -hmm. it's happening now. There is some, you know, there is a pattern here. A lot of problems related to women's bodies uh, medically that have been um, existent only in the last 20 years. Yeah. And that's, you know, we must pay attention to this as we are becoming, you know, we are this generation of women who are so privileged, mm -hmm. although we have lost this connection with this divine body of ours. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And just imagine the change that would happen. I mean, you know, when you look at the uh, feminism and how it's uh, come forward and the early feminists were, you know, in touch with that anger and saying no it's not okay for this to be this way and often were um suppressed by people saying oh those are just angry women angry yeah. men angry you know as though yeah. that was a bad thing to be and yeah. should be devalued because they're just angry women and i just imagine the world where an angry woman is a force to be reckoned with and someone to be listened to and honored because guess what if women are just angry all the time 
because you're abusing them or suppressing them or they're not having the support that they need, then that severely diminishes the amount of life force and love that we have in our society and of the amount of creativity that we have in society. So when people start, when, when, you know, society starts taking responsibility for the fact that there's all these angry women <laughs> instead of just saying, Oh, those angry women yeah. shove them down again and say, wait a second, what change would we need to make in order for women to be happy and fulfilled and full of joy? How would society have to be for women to be happy? What would our family structures need to look like for women to be happy and not just angry or suppressed angry? Right? Yeah. Big question. One of the things, yeah. And one of the things we also must realize how the dark feminine is playing in our lives is um, by our, I like to say, by the way we use our emotions. Because as, as women, we, we, you know, to be really honest and brutally honest, we, we know how to manipulate our emotions to control a situation, control the other person. Mm-hmm. And and I've done that in the past, and um, and I know, and only now I can see, look back and see that those were patterns of my dark feminine that was unconsciously leading my my lifestyle at that time. You know, we are super emotional creatures, and then then we begin to use our emotions to manipulate situation or a person for our own recognition, probably, or just to feel valued or validation. Mm-hmm. And um, this can be a very disruptive um, behavior. In my life, it created a big void of very low self-esteem mm-hmm. for a really long time. And, and jealousy, um, self-abuse, all of these things are also the uh, you know, result of not accepting or recognizing our dark feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's part of the process because first you're suppressing it all together, but but often it's during that suppression phase that those emotions, they have to come out some way and they come out sideways and they come out as <laughs> manipulative and we're not even aware that we're doing it. And then yeah. when somebody points it out to us or we become aware of it, then there's all this shame for doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And then the development uh, out of that is about, okay, how can I just be upfront about communicating about my feelings and so instead of being angry that somebody did something and holding it in and being resentful and letting it come out sideways on them in various ways having the courage to say wait a second here I'm upset about this because of this Mm. and I can tell them directly that I'm upset I'm angry about this because I feel like this it makes me feel like this you know, I, you know, guess it's kind of abstract. So for an example, you know, my husband leaving his socks, his dirty socks on the floor, right? Okay. (laughs) If I can tell him, (laughs) instead of just being resentful every time and then, you know, uh, trying to manipulate him to say, look, I would, you know, when you leave your dirty socks on the floor, it makes me feel like you you don't care about the house being nice that you want me to have you know you're trying to get me to clean up after you that you think I should be the one to clean everything up and that you don't have to and you know to say all those things directly and then I can hear oh no 
that's not my intention or, you know, whatever, however he responds. And then we can have a fruitful conversation. And now the dirty socks on the floor are a joke and they get cleaned up much more frequently without a big like, right? <laughs> and so yeah, it's, uh, it's really up to us. And I think it's, it's our responsibility as, as you know, conscious women in this part to, to recognize these aspects of ourselves, to recognize our dark feminine and how they are playing in our lives so that we can see what lies underneath it. You know, where, as you said, what are the emotions that are lying underneath, like any anger, suppression or repression or whatever, and then work our way through that so that in the end, I've always noticed that it leads to one of our deep desires of, you know, some kind of fulfillment that we are longing for, some kind of, um, some kind of yeah fulfillment is the is the word that I, I would like to use and um i think relationships are a really good place to <laughs> to begin with you know um because intimate relationships um really trigger our dark feminine energy so that's a really good place to start with yeah and often what i've discovered in my exploration of this is that those patterns um trace back, like I shared before, to early traumas and even generational traumas and are uh, that, that suppression of the emotion and the manipulation patterns or other coping mechanisms are trauma patterns that, uh, that anytime something resembles that early trauma, we go into that same pattern of coping that we came up with as an infant or as a child without any guidance of how to be wise with our emotions. And we're mm -hmm. all having to grow ourselves up because we didn't have that guidance of how to be a fully developed, emotionally wise person. And, um, and we didn't get this training of how, what it meant to be a feminine person and, and, and have a feminine affirming and feminine empowered lifestyle. And so we're having to learn that, which means that we've got to sort of dismantle those coping patterns that, that, that are based on trauma. And that's part of the trauma healing process is facing these things that you're talking about as the dark feminine. I call them trauma patterns, right? Oftentimes these twisted dark feminine patterns you re re refer to our trauma coping mechanisms, for example, that we just keep repeating. And so healing the trauma, uh, gets you know becomes more complete as we dismantle those coping patterns or or as we really nourish ourselves from deep within and recognize the pleasure and surround that that bubble of of traumatic pain with pleasure and joy in our in our feminine cycles and rhythms and then that scab that coping mechanism just falls off like a scab on a wound that gets nourished from underneath i try not to like rip the scab off because then you're re-wounding it right <laughs> and so um and so it sounds like in your work with the dark feminine bringing in all these archetypes and this mythology and this um, recognition and validation of all of these feelings surrounding it with ceremonial presence and support from your sisters is doing just that it's bringing that pleasure that celebration that um, love into that arena and giving any pain or traumas that might be hidden in there space to open up 
and come up and those trauma patterns could easily just fall off like a scab once the, that wound is healed up with all of that loving attention. Does that, yeah, sound, yeah. Does that kind of sound like what happens at your retreats? Yeah, you, 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 you seem like you have been attending virtually. I've been attending uh, virtually. Well, you know, I this is a central part of the work that I've been doing um, mm. as well, and that's just the way that I would describe it in that framework. Um, so it's yeah, kind of I feel also that when you're doing this work um, with other women, and when you are witnessed by other women in in your dark feminine, then um, in that in itself is a very healing process because first of all, you you. You, you slowly shed out those layers of shame around your qualities of the dark feminine and we bring out the qualities of dark feminine because these are the uh, qualities that feed you towards in the end for you to you know to to stand up for your rights to to make to, to speak up to express yourself in your, your own unique ways and and then when you bring those aspects of yourself in, in a healing environment among sisters um, a deeper sense of connection and recognition happens that um, makes you understand that you're just not the only one going through all of these, you know, and, and it's not anything bad to experience these kind of dark emotions because a lot of us experience dark emotions, dark thoughts, and it's fine. It's absolutely okay and, and it's easier to accept and um, non-judgmental, um, yeah, a non-judgment towards ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right, and we can, right. we can support each other's wisdom growing, emotional wisdom and um, self-love in these practices we do together. So, well, wonderful, Johnita. I It's so such a delight to share with you and, and listen to your wisdom and all of this. And um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you and learn more about your your re future retreats or your other offerings that you have around this or anything else um how would they do so so you can reach me on my website exploringfemininity.com um i think you will have some link somewhere um yes so um that's the best way to uh, look for my work and uh, there are plenty of resources i also have a facebook group that's called exploring femininity and uh, we, we discuss all these aspects there and um, you'll also find daily feminine inspiration and free resources, rituals to connect with your um, sacred, sensual, feminine on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm, lovely. Thank you so much for joining us, Janita, and sharing those resources. And those of you listening who would also like to learn more about the Womb Centered Healing Temple, you can go to wombcenteredhealing.com and learn more about the membership program there and the resources that are available there. So thank you so much for listening in. And I invite you listeners to scroll back through other um, podcast episodes with other interviewees as well. And some of them are just me sharing my, <laughs> my insights and, and perspectives. And if you enjoyed this episode and the other episodes, please consider subscribing there. You can make a small contribution um, by clicking on the subscribe button. And that will really support my podcasting journey 
and the, the, the development of the womb-centered healing temple. So thank you so much for your support and we'll see each other again soon. Um, thank you, Yes. <laughs> until next time. That's all for now.